moron. War's over, man. Wormer dropped a big one. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. It ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Whoa there, and welcome back to Damn Good Movie Memories. I'm your host, Brian Davis. For this week's episode, we're going to get into our favorite underdog stories. Now, most of the time when you think about underdog stories, you're thinking sports. Well, we didn't limit to just sports, because eventually we will do our favorite sports movies. But for this, it could be anyone that is not expected to do as well as they do. And I thought this would be kind of an easy list. I'd have a top five, but I had a ton of movies to go through. So this week, it's going to be a top ten, and I have plenty left over, and I'll have the leftovers at the end of the show. Okay, so for number ten on my list of my favorite underdog movies is It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. Now, again, this is kind of a weird one because there are, are almost like two underdogs in this movie. Of course, you have George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, who is trying to keep his struggling savings and loan business uh, away from the evil Mr. Potter, who is trying to basically take over the entire town. So, yeah, so you have the small town guy trying to do good. But then later in the movie, you also have Clarence the Angel, who is definitely an underdog because he's been around forever, trying to get his wings, and, of course... He can never do it, and so his big chance is to help George Bailey. So if there, this is one of the best underdog movies there is. You, you might think, well, why isn't it higher on your list? Well, because I have a ton of other ones, but It's a Wonderful Life, definitely an underdog movie. Underdog. Number nine on my list is Cinderella. <laughs> now, this might seem actually kind of obvious. I mean, if there has ever been a more fabled underdog story, it's Cinderella. Um, but the version I'm going to go with, of course, is the Disney animated version from 1950. Um, I don't know if it holds completely true to the original story, but look, if there's ever been an underdog, it's Cinderella. You know, she has her evil stepsisters. She's, you know, just, uh, you know, lower class in the sense of there's no way she is meant to ever meet Prince Charming, but of course she does and, and succeeds. Um, you know, what's fun about the, about the animated version are the little characters, you know, like Gus Gus and, and Jock and things like that. But yeah, Cinderella, one of the top underdog movies. Number eight is the first sports movie on this list, even though it's not your typical sports movie, and that's Happy Gilmore from 1996. Of course, it's ridiculous. You know, Happy Gilmore is a comedy starring Adam Sandler, who plays an unorthodox golfer who kind of takes the PGA by storm. Um, And actually, this could have been on last week's episode for amazing quotable movies. Uh, But yeah, I've always enjoyed this movie. It's super fun. The dialogue's great, especially between Carl Weathers, who plays Chubbs, and of course, Adam Sandler. So Sandler decides to, you know, do things his own way, uh, much to the chagrin of the uh, PGA legacies, and you see what happens, but it's a terrific underdog story. (laughs) You're gonna die, clown! The price is wrong, bitch. Number seven for my favorite underdog movies is The Legend of Billy Jean from 1985. Now, this is kind of a dark horse and, an, and definitely an underdog story, but if you grew up in the 80s, you likely saw The Legend of Billy Jean at some point, whether on cable TV or video rental. The plot is pretty loose. 
but kind of takes a Joan of Arc kind of anti-hero coming of age sort of turn. And so Billie Jean stars Helen Slater, who went on to star as Supergirl, or actually it was before this movie, but she was in Supergirl. A very young Christian Slater, Yardley Smith, Keith Gordon, and Peter Coyote. So while I admit the film is kind of cheesy, it's still a lot of nostalgic fun. Um, you kind of get the girl power thing going with Billie Jean, who stands up for uh, what she feels is she's been wronged. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I won't spoil it for you, but it's it's definitely worth checking out. And I love the Pat Benatar theme for in- in- Invincible. So I love it in all its 80s glory. Number six is My Cousin Vinny from 1992. Um, My Cousin Vinny is a really well-done comedy featuring Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei, and this might be one of Pesci's best non-gangster role, and Marissa Tomei is perfectly cast as Pesci's outspoken fiancé. The great part about this is definitely this is an underdog story because nobody expects... Uh, Vinny to do uh, to get the two kids off who have been wrongfully accused of a robbery they did not commit and Vinny is just completely incompetent as a lawyer especially to begin with especially in a small town we have small town politics and small town law going on uh, but of course like a true underdog he perseveres and you s- the the ending is priceless uh, the film also marks Fred Wynn who played Herman Munster uh, his final film appearance before a death a year later uh, the back-and-forth chemistry between Pesci and Gwen is terrific and really are the main highlights of the film. This is the type of movie I never get tired watching over and over. Is it possible the two youths... The, the two what? Oh, what was that word? Uh, what word? Two what? What? Did you say youths? Yeah, two youths. What is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. Number five is Say Anything from 1989. Now, John Cusack, who plays the character Lloyd Dobler in this movie, you keep rooting for him to get the girl, played by Ione Sky, and you you know he's kind of got he's got something about him. Um, it, on the surface, it doesn't seem like he's much. He's kind of a nerdy guy, but everyone seems to like him. But he has a certain charm that eventually wins over. Uh, Sky and and you and eventually uh, they kind of make this really cute couple. But going forward, going through the movie, you're just wondering where is he going to go with this? Can he actually pull it off? And of course, he does. Number four is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939. I think a lot of casual movie fans get Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and Mr. Deeds Goes to Town mixed up. It would be an honest mistake as both films are directed by Frank Capra and both star Gene Arthur. However, for Mr. Smith, the main character Jefferson Smith is played by the always wonderful James Stewart. Stewart plays a naive man who is appointed to fill a vacancy in the United States Senate. Of course, his political views are much more wholesome and not as politically corrupt as the Washington uh, stranglehold that they have already on politics. So for those who are disgusted with the way politics are nowadays, you'll be happy to know that really nothing has changed from when this movie was filmed to today's shenanigans. Uh, In addition to Stewart and Arthur, the film co-stars Claude Rains as the shady senator, and Edward Arnold plays a corrupt political mastermind, kind of like a lot of lobbyists today. And like most Capra films, it's a David vs. Goliath type of tale that 
Capra was the master of. Of course, no one will forget the filler buster that Mr. Smith does at the end of the movie. Number three is Hoosiers from 1986. This is easily one of the best basketball movies ever made. Sorry, Space Jam, you don't win. What makes this movie so great is that it's loosely based on a real team, and there is a version of the DVD that actually includes a 1954 championship game based on Hickory. Uh, it's really a trip seeing these uh, the players take set shots. Gene Hackman is one of the greatest actors of all time. He's just one of those actors that I will make a point of seeing every movie he's in just because he's in it. Hackman currently seems very content in retirement, but his legacy and filmography really speaks for itself. And the other gem of this movie is the powerful performance by Dennis Hopper, who replaced the alcoholic father of one of the players. He was non nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 1987, but lost out to Michael Caine for Hannah and Her Sisters. Which, of course, leads me to a rant about the Oscars. Not so specifically about Hopper's loss, but personally, I've always found the Oscars to be a joke, especially with the Best Picture category. Some of the most amazing and popular films that still resonate with movie viewers are usually snubbed by the elite Academy of Voters, and Hoosiers is a perfect example. It would never win an Academy Award on its own, but still it's the type of movie that lives on and on and on, and part of that reason is the underdog nature of this story. Number two is The Karate Kid from 1984. You'll probably guess what my number one pick is, because it basically follows the same format. Well, this movie follows the same format as that. But The Karate Kid uh, is definitely the blueprint of an underdog story. But there's so many great bits and pieces to this movie that make it unique. Pat Morita was the perfect Mr. Miyagi. And I always had a thing for Elizabeth Shue as Allie. The other great part of the movie were the villains. So from Martin Cove to being the evil sensei to the Cobra Kai guys, especially William Zabka, who was the perennial bad guy in a ton of 80s movies. My dad always laughed that Ralph Macchio was cast as a teenager since he seemed way older. As it turns out, he was 22 when he made the movie. I also love the soundtrack to the film, especially the tournament montage with you're the best. And the reason it works so well is it kind of got you into that um, underdog mode and, and you were really rooting for him. And deep down, you you kind of had a feeling you could maybe pull it off, but you weren't sure because there were points in the movie where, you know, you just didn't think Daniel's going to get up. But Mr. Miyagi works his powers. And I think you know the rest. Number one on my list for favorite underdog movies you know what it has to be it's rocky if there has ever been a, a story that is uh, the epitome of the underdog story it's rocky i mean the karate kid basically i wouldn't say ripped off but it borrowed heavily from rocky i simply love everything about the original rocky from 1976 the story the music the fight scenes the training montages everything. It's really easy nowadays to become jaded with the Rocky franchise and forget the influence of the original Rocky had on countless films that came after it. You know, I remember my dad telling me about when he saw it in the movie theater when it was originally released and how the theater was so into the movie and the final fight scene that people were cheering and jumping from their seats with every punch. Now, the original script that Sylvester Stallone wrote had a much darker tone to it, as Rocky was supposed to become disenchanted with the whole circus around the fight and decides to throw the fight for a quick payday. Obviously, the producers and Stallone thought better of that initial idea and rewrote the script. 
The reason why the original movie works so well is that it isn't cheesy at all. Rocky didn't need to actually win to prove he was meant to be in the same ring as the champ, Apollo Creed. He had to go the distance. That's it. I will never get sick of watching Rocky. Now, I had a rant about the Oscars earlier, and this is one of the few times where the underdog movie actually won. Nowadays, if Rocky was up against All the President's Men, Network, and Taxi Driver, there's absolutely no way that they would vote for Rocky. Rocky is too much of a good, a feel-good story uh, to win. Uh, my guess is if something like Taxi Driver or All the President's Men was today, one of those wins. No way Rocky wins. Okay, so for this week, Josephine and I are going to talk about our favorite underdog movies. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't actually have to be the underdog movie, meaning the, the old superhero, the dog. No, because mm -hmm. Gwen already said, can I pick that? And I said, you, no. you can, but why? I have not heard of it. Yeah, it was an old cartoon way back when, like the 50s. But then they made a movie out of it, too. And yeah, I'm going to cut is, all this is, out. Is the dog yeah. an underdog? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just a play on words more than okay. anything, but I guess, yeah. Anyway, what is your underdog movie? So I have I have many because okay. I tend to – I love underdog movies. Mm -hmm. You know, you love to, like, kind of fight for the person that um, – it's kind of underestimated. Uh, sure. And who doesn't love that, right? I, it's hard to root for the, the person <laughs> that is already on top or that is already yeah. successful. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So my absolute favorite mm -hmm. is – a movie that I have a hard time finding anyone else that loves as much as I do. Okay. And a lot of I've talked to a lot of movie people. I mentioned this movie and their face falls. So I've had people say, "Oh yeah, I, I saw that with my boyfriend and we walked out." All right, so it's that bad. So it's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Okay, I haven't seen it, so the, I've heard about it, but so I want to know why. Why they hate it, or yeah. why it's an underdog movie? Both, actually. So. So it's. So, okay, well, the movie itself is about, um, it takes place during the Cold War, mm -hmm. and basically all of the um, the MI6 spies, like the good ones, mm -hmm. the ones who are kind of trustworthy and good at their jobs, they're kind of um, falling apart. So, like, George Smiley, the main character, he's been fired. His mentor was fired, disgraced, and okay. died. All of his, like, friends are kind of, like, pushed out of um, MI6. Mm -hmm. And Carla, who is, like, the... Um, his biggest adversary is like is in power and so he is kind of like at and his wife has left him of course and so he's kind of like at the bottom you know just trying to kind of like muddle through his retirement and he gets called and says um, we have a report that there's, that there's a mole working um, at the top ranks of MI6 so since you're out of MI6 but you're familiar with everyone can you come back mm. and, and investigate so it's 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 that kind of cliche he's given one last chance right. to redeem himself <laughs> exactly. and it's just it's I, I love that kind of stuff because it's I mean his life is in such shambles I mean maybe this is my own negativity <laughs> that it's it'd be hard to really redeem every facet of his life but I think at this point in, in the novel, he's so kind of mired in that world. I think he's kind of thinking, this is the only thing I can do, you know? So I don't think he's really hoping that every, everything in his life will fall back into place. Sure. But if there's one thing he can do, then I think he's going to do it. And I feel like that's kind of the motivation for a lot of these underdogs. Right. So um, why did why did people hate it? Well, the movie that came out, I think it was in 2010, mm -hmm. it 
it really heavily relied on the audience putting the pieces together. Mm. So I'll even admit that when I saw it, I I loved like the soundtrack, I loved the acting, I loved like the color palette. But I didn't really understand what was going on. Mm. I just knew by the end that they had won, and I had missed a lot of crucial things. Mm. And of course, I went and I read Roger Ebert's reviews because, <laughs> as you know, as you do, when yeah. you don't really understand a movie, but sure. you you liked it and you want to kind of um, be a part of it in a way. Yeah. Like, okay, something amazing happened, and I don't get it, but someone right. explained it to me. Mm-hmm. And I think even Roger Ebert said, like at the end, I knew something really important happened, but I don't know what, what it was. And so I think it really relied on the, the audience to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And watch over and over. And watch it over and yeah. over again. Which, I, I mean, after I saw the movie, mm-hmm. you know, I read all of these kind of analysis about it. And then I read the book, and then looked for the screenplay, and I looked for podcasts with wow. the screenwriter. I mean, I got You're really, really into it. I yeah. got really into it. And then I read the book again. Mm-hmm. I just really, like, enjoy the story and, mm-hmm. like, all these different characters that were kind of... Um, yeah, like part of Smiley's world, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Was, well, I'm gonna have to watch it now. Yeah, yeah so. watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, the other one is these two are from the same director writer. So one is okay. the Cal- uh, Calvary and the Guard. Did you okay. see the Guard? No. So with Brendan Gleeson okay. and Don Cheadle, mm-hmm. who is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cal- Calvary is also with Brendan Gleeson, and he plays a priest in this really small town, and he's. Um, He's doing confession, and the guy in confession says, I was horribly abused by this priest when I was a kid, and um, I'm going to kill you just to, like, make a statement. And um, because you're a good priest, and if I kill a bad priest, nothing's going to happen. If I kill a good priest, it's going to make a statement. And so this, he gives this, this priest seven days to kind of get his life in order. And it's just, it, it, I don't know how to describe it. Cause so it's, who's the underdog here? It's, it's <laughs> Is him. it the priest? Yeah, okay, good. It's, it's him, and it's just... <laughs> I mean, because he's made so many mistakes in his life, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, when he's going kind of around to his his parish and visiting all the people, Mm -hmm. they're kind of in the same same spot where they're just kind of like, they're miserable, they're spiteful, Mm -hmm. but he's still trying to kind of save them, you know, and so so that's that, and Mm -hmm. the guard is a little bit similar, (laughs) it's a little bit funnier, where he... (laughs) He's um, a policeman in Ireland, mm-hmm. and he's like he's racist. He does drugs. He's mm-hmm. an alcoholic, and um, he's. It's almost like he doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And um, then they hear that these drug the international, like a huge drug deal is going to go off in this small town, and he decides to like. He does have enough of a moral center to, <laughs> to, to like do the, do right, the right thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's just great because there's just corruption all around him. Right. And that's the, that's the other kind of thread that you see that even if there's corruption all around you, your career, everything's going to be in shambles. You're going to do the right thing anyway, right. which I feel like is incredibly noble and brave. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Unless you're a bad lieutenant or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so my other one is mm-hmm. Spy. Love mm-hmm. that movie with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Because she's just... Because she's... Yeah, she, I didn't even think about it. You're right. She is, like, she's yeah. so fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, and I'll, I'll admit that I kind of watch it when you to get pumped up. Yeah. Because um, I really identify with her because she's just an ordinary woman sure. just trying to do her best mm-hmm. at her job. And she's kind of undermined every step of the way. Mm-hmm. But all she has is her belief that she can she can do this job. Right. Yeah. No, that's a great one. Yeah. And then The Verdict... Yes, with um, Paul Newman. Yes, yeah, that's Charlotte yeah. Rampling. Yes, that's a real tough movie. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to watch, but he's so fantastic. He in is. It. and that's that's one where he's an like, alcoholic, right? He's an alcoholic yeah. ambulance chaser, yes, and it's yes. like he's got one case. Mm-hmm. And even I had to ask a, a lawyer friend of mine, like, what happened in the end that swayed like 
Sorry, spoiler alert. That's no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they haven't seen it by now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love that. And then the other one is Two Days, One Night mm-hmm. with Marianne Cotillard. Did you see that? I have not seen that. Oh, one. So of all these, I've seen Spy and The Verdict. So yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have to go back and so watch. Many. But okay. that's why a lot of people listen to this podcast haven't heard of some of these movies. They go and watch it. So this is good. Yeah. So that's a really great one where she's. I think it takes place in Belgium, mm-hmm. and she's. Um, uh, she works in a solar panel factory, and she took some time off to deal with her depression. Mm-hmm. Now she's back, you know, like kind of slowly coming out of her depression, mm-hmm. ready to get back to work. And they, the factory, said that um, because we were able to cover your job while you were gone, we don't need you anymore. And so they're like, okay, either you're, either um, we'll hire you back, and mm-hmm. people are going to lose their bonuses. You know, so she has like one weekend to kind of convince everyone to kind of vote for her to stay. Really, and it's just it's Ooh. it's it's harrowing. It's yeah. the hair. It's a, yeah. It's it's just really great, and she just delivers such a like honest, raw mm-hmm. performance. It's just really fantastic. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. The other one I think we brought this up, Working Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, just absolutely hilarious, and yeah, it's just. I mean, can, can you, when you watch it, can you identify with her? Just like, I try to identify with just like kind of wanting more than mm-hmm. what people expect of you. Sure. You know? Well, you're, you're giving that, that inch and you're, everyone's probably, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have had bosses that they can't stand and then, you know, <laughs> every, there's a piece of everything, you know, in that movie where mm-hmm. you can, you probably identify with something. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it just be the relationship between her and Harrison Ford, so. Yeah, yeah and just... I mean, I think I just think it. She's in this environment where people say, "Can't you just settle for this?" Right. Everyone else around you, but she wants more, and she keeps going and going sure. and going. And like you know, like her her coworkers are assholes to her, and right. then that relationship she forms with Sigourney Weaver, where she thinks, "Oh, an ally, oh, a mentor, finally," and then she fucks her over. That's right. And yeah, I just I just love it. Mm-hmm. I identify with it so much. That's why I'm not settling. This podcast is gonna be huge. Like, I'm not settling <laughs> for middle yet. <laughs> so the other one's Attack the Block. Have you seen it? Never. I don't no. know if this would count as an underdog. It's basically these. Have you heard of it? I have not. Yeah. You might like it because okay. it, to me it recalled a lot of. It, I remember it came out in the summer. And it recalled a lot of like summer movies you'd see as a kid, mm. and then you get really pumped for it and like pretend you were in the movie. It's basically these kids um, who live in like a block, like a, a projects mm-hmm. in um, outside of London. Okay. And aliens land and and crash into their projects, mm-hmm. and. It just gets totally like like bananas after that. So at that point, the aliens are after them, the police are after them, <laughs> and, and the drug dealers after them. Wow! So and they're what trying to like uh, I want to say 2010 as well. Okay. But basically, they're being pursued, and they're also trying to kind of like quote unquote like defend their mm-hmm. their their apartment yeah. tower. That's awesome. Yeah, um, Edgar Wright is in it. No, 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 right. Um, Nick Frost. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. and he mm-hmm. has a really great role in that too. Yeah. These are all good. I'm gonna have to take a list of all Look of these. Look that things. up. Yeah, yeah these it's, are all good. Yeah, it's it's a, it's like the perfect summer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Serenity, The Firefly. Did you ever watch Firefly? No, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have other people on the show because I have you know I want to broaden my horizons. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk, Gina Torres. They're kind of like a band of like outlaws, so it takes mm. place kind of like in the way in the future. Okay. And um, yeah, they're being pursued by like the was it the Republic or something mm. like that. Anyway, so they're they're the end. Oh, and Chiwetel Ejiofor is in it, and he's great. He plays like the bad guy. Ah. He's fantastic. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rustin, you always do your homework. This is great. 
Uh, Rust and Bone, another Marianne Cotillard movie. Okay, yes. And I can't pronounce his name. Mateus Schnartz. He's... Okay. <laughs> Yours is good as mine. <laughs> so that's a really great underdog movie uh-huh. where they're both kind of like trying to kind of build their, their lives back up. Yeah. And, um, okay. Legally Blonde. Come on. True. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. I just, I, I love that movie because I think people in her class at Harvard just assume she was dumb because she's blonde. But if you watch it, she never says anything dumb. It's yeah. just totally a cultural thing. It's all the thing. look. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee. Jones. Jones. Yes. Yes. I, I find like all these underdog movies are kind of westerns too. You know, when you're kind of. It is kind of like the un, the name person comes and like a lot of Quinn Eastwood movies are like that mm. where he he's not well he's not even the underdog he's helping the underdog mm. usually like he's the guy that comes in and saves it you know, like in high noon or pale rider or oh, not high noon uh, pale rider but, yeah uh, where like the odds are stacked against you yeah and, and like your opponent has like the upper hand mm-hmm. in so many ways well, actually unforgiven did you ever see Unforgiven? Mm, yeah he's like kind of the on down on his luck mm. you know and then at the end he finally get, you know he gets it back you know Redeems. he yeah. is yeah everything yeah <laughs> but you don't think he has it like mm-hmm. the whole movie so yeah so my question is i'm not sure if it's underdog it's mm-hmm. um a very long engagement uh, with yeah. um the woman anomaly. Oh, Audrey Tetto. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I chose that because, so it takes place I think right after World War One, okay. and she's she's been told that her fiance um, is dead, but she really believes in her heart that he's still alive. So she embarks on this crazy journey to to find him and to track him down. Mm. And I think it was an underdog movie because That's an underdog, it's, yeah. it's this, the odds are stacked yeah. against you, and no one really believes except for you. So. That's right. Um, Kinky boots. I've heard of it, but I'm uh-huh. yeah. yeah, so that's a really good movie with like mm-hmm. the shoe factory. I didn't know Joel Edgerton was in that. I didn't either. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one. I don't know if anyone's heard. Of, it's called Green Fingers. No. It's with Clive Owen. Okay. One of my forever boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays this um, prison inmate who gets introduced to to gardening. It's kind of a therapeutic kind of reinstating you back into to society mm-hmm. thing. And he just gets super into it, and mm-hmm. he and his his friends like enter a competition. So with that, interesting total underdog. Yeah, yeah. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, come on, definitely. Yeah. Um, Bend it like Beckham sports yeah. movie. <laughs> That's funny. Sports, yeah. <laughs> my That's one great. sports movie, and then I had Mad Max. There you go. The yeah. original or the. Uh... I haven't seen the originals. All I've oh, seen really? is okay. the Charlize Theron okay. one with like the grandmas, like. Mm-hmm. Kicking ass. There may be one, because we're eventually going to do, is the remake better than the original? That might be one mm. that is better than the original. So, oh, really? Yeah. I have not seen the original. Was it the original kind of cheesy or something? Or? It, yeah, I mean, it was filmed, filmed in the late 70s, Mel Gibson. Tina Turner? Yeah. T- she was in the third one, I believe, the Beyond Thunderdome one. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I know. I, everyone remembers the, the theme song that she did, but yeah. <laughs> Was that it? That's it. I mean, I don't want to say, is that it? I mean, <laughs> but those are awesome. I'm going to have to, I probably have to go and check out pretty much 80% of those. Yeah, I Attack think, the yeah. Block. I think you would like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Josephine. Yeah. All right. We're here with Dane. And then for this week's subject, we're going to do your favorite underdog movies. So you got an interesting pick. So Yeah. Um, yeah. You specified uh, when you were seeking a. Are you soliciting uh, yeah. people to talk about that? That's company. right. That that was it goes beyond sports movies. Absolutely, you're underdog. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you typically think of a sports movie. Sure. And one movie obviously comes to mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know uh, what came to mind for me was uh, 
American Splendor, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, upon thinking about it, it's it's kind of more of an anti-hero type film. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's arguable whether they're an underdog because mm-hmm. uh, an, an underdog you know, you know, wants to be the top dog. Sure. Not always sure an anti-hero uh, or, or the kind of underdog in, in American Splendor yeah. uh, wants to be much more than he is. And I don't – and I think <laughs> – I'm trying to recall how the film ended – and I, I'm not so. I mean, he was it's based more, on true marginally story. more famous, or at least he, he was. But sure, he was kind of okay being where he was at. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he well, you know, he, he's conflicted, right? Like he complained about his life a lot, but uh, um, it was arguable, really, whether he wanted to change too much about it. But um, yeah, so I guess it's more anti-hero than underdog. Yeah. But that American Splendor comes to mind. Um, well, Paul Giamatti is such a good actor, and uh, yeah. to kind of tie it to sports. His dad, uh, Bart Giamatti, was the um, commissioner of baseball. Uh, or, or Yeah, I believe he was the commissioner of baseball, or at least the commissioner of the National League at the time in the 80s. He was part of the Pete Rose scandal. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and that he was the person that banned was it, Pete Rose. Pete Rose, if I recall, what, he bet against his own team or something? That's, he the, that's the claim. Games yeah, when doing. he was managing. So right. that's what's kept him out of the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, I didn't know for years that they were that was that was Paul Giamatti's dad and, and yeah. tragically not too long after making that decision he died of a heart attack so this is a long mm. time ago yeah, yeah, but yeah Giamatti you know like yeah. that, that sounds like a kind of guy, guy who'd be sports announcer that's right? it yeah um, <laughs> but going back to American Abe Vigoda yeah Abe Vigoda. no no, uh, no. Abe Vigoda was not a sports announcer <laughs> no he wasn't but names but, like that are associated yes. who uh who is a famous uh, Yogi Berra is Yogi that, Berra is that Italian or is that even a I don't know what Yogi was, was, but he was famous for his quotes. Or, you know, that's uh, yeah. He, he was great. Last name ends in a way that suggests Italian. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Paul Giamatti. He was in that that sports movie, that really uh, kind of mumblecore movie. Yeah. About <laughs> yeah about, yeah uh, it, it, except some high school wrestling movie. Uh, yeah. The win. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something like that. He was also he played. Um, Pig virus in uh, private parts too. Uh, Howard Stern's nemesis, the oh, evil wow. program director. So yeah, he's a, he's a really good oh, actor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah. That movie now is like over twenty years old, which is crazy. I remember private seeing that. parts. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading the book too. I remember my uh, my dad liked it only because he. Speaking of dads and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, he, he grew <laughs> up in like um, broadcasting world in seventies mm-hmm. and eighties. Yeah, well, he was grown up by the eighties, but you know his career began there. Um, and so he was interested in that movie for all of the um, attention to detail. Exactly. As far as early radio. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, not early, early radio. No. <laughs> classic. <laughs> kind of 70s, 80s. Classic rock age radio. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. even though he's more of a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't really care for the vulgarity of Howard Stern, but he tolerated sure. the movie because he liked looking at all the old equipment. And exactly. He said like, oh, they get all the, the details right. You know? Yeah. And that seems to be a trend actually in a lot of films and, and TV these days, all that attention to detail. Exactly. Like, it makes a difference. Uh, yeah. Especially when you're doing any sort of period piece, you know, whether it be the cars, yeah. the, the the buildings, and things like that. And yeah, just the bar has been risen, you know, across the board. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. You know. So, have you seen American Splendor in a, in a while? Uh, not recently. Okay. No. But I, I remember that it was. Uh, it kind of covered a period of like, I don't know, maybe late sixties to yeah. uh, sometime in the nineties. Yeah. Um, and the, the movie was uh, what two thousand three or four. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, I know at one point it touched upon like uh, or touched on the rise of MTV and uh, the um, corporate corporatization of uh, the idea of being a nerd. Yeah, or yeah. And I remember they uh, he had kind of a falling out with the nerd character yeah. for selling out or something. Right? Yeah, which uh, <laughs> but Giamatti was and then right, talk about it. MTV sent me to spring break and I, they gave me cool free stuff. Exactly. I mean, am I going to say no to that? Or? Come on. 
Um, Jim Audio, you've seen Sideways, it's in right? Cleveland. <laughs> you've seen Sideways, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's right around the same time, and he's totally yeah. the anti-hero on that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I just remember him drinking the spittoon. Oh yeah. Oh, that was so <laughs> good. That was yeah. that's rock bottom. For oh yeah. Why I mean, yeah. And his yeah. Uh, his buddy who was in uh, Wings, uh, he was right. Yeah. Really funny, really funny guy. Yeah. yeah uh, Thomas. Hayden Church yes. or something like that? Yeah, good, good memory. Christensen Church? No, Hayden, Hayden Church. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Christensen. <laughs> no, I know. It's like some 21-year-old or something. You know, these millennial, or no, Gen Z uh, Well, once we get old enough, there's way too many things in our heads yeah, to yeah. remember, so. Yeah. Oh, no, these are great. Thank you so much, Dave. that with my underdog movie. No, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, for this week, Gwen doesn't have a trivia quiz for us, but that's okay, because she still does her homework. And she's always prepared, and she's got a one or maybe two really good choices here, which I don't know yet, but mm -hmm. I, I'm taking... I could I, have a quiz if you... Um, well, yeah. If you've seen this movie before. We can see what happens. Yeah. Okay, so what is your favorite... Or, sorry, what, yes, what are we doing this week again? Oh, that's right. Your favorite underdog movie. All right. So, my favorite underdog movie, not the underdog, underdog cartoon. Correct. So I would have to say the all-time underdog movie of mine is Bad News Bears. That's a great one. That is actually on my long list of oh, underdog yeah? movies. It's a great movie. The original, I, the I hope. The original with Walter Matthau. 1977? 77, 76? I, I think. think it's 1976. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neal. Yeah, you have a lot of um, great actors here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what makes it best, of course, is the characters. Oh, yeah. I love the characters. Um, one of my favorite ones is Tanner. Oh, yeah. Um, he was that little spunky kid. That's a nice way of putting a, it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> who had a foul mouth yes. and a Napoleon complex as oh, yeah. well. And, oh, I loved him. It's funny <laughs> today, and I didn't see the remake because I just I don't like a lot I've of remakes. I've never seen the remake. Yeah, they toned down. I mean, the, the this movie couldn't be made. At least the same dialogue couldn't be made today because he really? he says some racist things. He says some you know obviously very vulgar things. And this is coming out of a I think a 10, 10 or eleven year old's mouth. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, but that's kind of the charm of the movie, and that's the charm of the seventies. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and another character I really liked was of course Amanda. Yes, which is Tatum O'Neill. Tatum yeah. O'Neill. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I watched this film when it was in the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, it was really cool that they made... I mean, really, she's the star athlete on, on an all-boys exactly. team. Exactly. Yeah, and this exactly. is the 70s, so yeah. And so that's what I really liked about this film is because you have this, like, girl who's yeah. playing, like, a major role. Absolutely. Um, and... It was just great because, you know, when you're growing up, you kind of, like, resonate with certain characters. Sure. And with her, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to resonate and be that girl, like, you know, on the baseball team. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> no, yeah. Because my older brother played Little League. Okay. And, of course, I'd go to his games and um, practices, and I'd be bored because mm -hmm. I couldn't play. Right. Because I was a girl. Right. Um, and then this movie comes out, and it's like, yeah, you absolutely all can. right. <laughs> to give you a story, when I was in Little League, um, one of the uh, 
there was one girl in, in an all-boys league, and she was absolutely one of the better players in the entire really? league, and she did really, really well. And that always reminds me of this movie, because uh, she made the all-star team and everything. Like, yeah. What did What did she play? I want to say she, she might have pitched a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I think she played shortstop, which when you're in Little League, that's actually a key position. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually, the, the people that aren't as good, they put them in the outfield un- until <laughs> they get older. Right. So, because nobody's really hitting it that far. Right. But um, no, she was she was excellent, and she always reminded me of Amanda. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and you know, I used to practice um, playing baseball with my brother. Yeah. And I'd pretend I was a pitcher. Um, you know, I'd pretend I was um, Fernando Valenzuela. Valenzuela. So did you look up the in the Dodgers, sky? And, yeah. you know? Did yeah. you throw left-handed too? Oh no. Okay. Well, you didn't go that far. But he was a fen- he was a phenom uh, back in the early '80s. I mean, he Dodger yeah. mania and it's our like, Fernando what mania. What happened to him? He actually ended up being a really good picture throughout the '80s, and then mm-hmm. I don't think he kept himself in the greatest shape. Like he was always right. kind of oh, yeah, portly. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right now, so he is the Spanish-speaking um, announcer for I believe the Padres. I want to say the Padres. Oh really? And he's been doing that for a long time. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, so that's what he went into after mm-hmm. baseball. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I pretended I was a baseball player. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like resonated. Mm-hmm. But um, from my understanding is that Bad News Bears was the 11th highest grossing American film in 1976. Ah. And it beat Taxi Driver. Uh, that I believe because, you know, Taxi Driver is, is definitely, even though it's a critically acclaimed movie, it's not for everyone. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. And I liked what um, Roger Ebert said. Um, he had a review and he called it an unblinking, scathing look at competition in American society. Absolutely. And, you know, if you compare it to the competition these kids are in now, it's, you know, it's completely different, I'm sure. But it's interesting because, I mean, this was in the 1970s Mm -hmm. um, and you had that regular kind of competition where it's like you have the losers and the winners but then i think maybe the next generation or the generation after the kids were taught they're all winners right yes and so now you have i guess millennials um nobody loses anymore nobody loses (laughs) and they expect everything handed on a silver platter everyone gets a participation trophy exactly you know and i've always brought this up with team sports you really learn something because you can't always win more often than not you're gonna lose and you actually get better from losing than you do winning all the time um when i was in a little league we we lost the uh, we lost in the playoffs and it, at 10 or 11 years old, it was devastating. But the next year, we came back and won, and it made it that much better um, because you went through the losing first. You realize right. how special it is to win. And you work harder. Right, absolutely. And did your dad say, oh, you're a winner. Is it, it's okay. I, honestly, I don't even remember. But no, he, he knew. One thing he did do, and he's like, uh, you know, a lot of parents, and this is the problem with with kids sports the parents are probably the worst some of them are way too and that gets and that's actually happens in bad news bears that's a vital point where the other team's coach uh, is also the parent and he oh exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah, and he hits the kid on the mound and everything he's not playing hard enough and yeah um but no uh, my dad's like i could get you on the all-star team but you don't deserve it you're not the all-star caliber player and at the time it hurt but he was right just because he had he could politic to get me on the all-star team didn't mm-hmm. mean I deserved it. And that actually, you know, now I understand it. And now I respect that. 
but there were people on the all-star team that didn't deserve it because their parent was a right. coach and that's not right i mean just exactly. it should be whoever deserved it or earned it so. yeah and i think with team sports it helps you to be able to collaborate with people especially people you don't necessarily like, like absolutely I mean, look you at, play as a team like Tanner, yeah. he was getting into fights with everyone. everyone. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Yeah. You know, the whole seventh grade, he'll get in a fight. That's I just right. <laughs> But they would they he um you know, he defended the shy kid in the movie. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. so even though he probably wouldn't have been friends with them, they were on the same team, so he, he defended him, you know? Yeah, it yeah. was he stood up for him. Yeah. And so that was great. And then there was that one character, um, the one who Kelly? drove Kelly, who yeah. drove the Harley. Oh yeah, so he was the he was your uh, stereotypical bad boy. Exactly. But they they corralled him for the greater good of the team, and he decided to, to uh, pun intended play ball. So, you know, meaning like right. he played nice, right, with everyone. Yeah, and I think maybe there was at one point when Tanner maybe put up a fight with him. He did. Him. Yeah, he yeah. went after him. Yeah, and, uh, but you know, Walter Matthau is so good as kind of the suave and drunk, but even he kind of keeps it together for the good of the team at some point. Yeah, and you know the coach for this film was just absolutely great oh, as yeah. well, even though he was a complete drunk yeah. and quote unquote not like a, a great loser, guy. Yeah, <laughs> as well as you know, I mean, and, and he's teaching these kids who weren't like the best and the brightest. At They're all. just like they were throwaway kids. Kids, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They're away kids, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, because yeah, nobody wanted to coach the team. Right. That's, that was the, he right. was just a replacement coach. Yeah, so. Um, no, that's a great one because this is absolutely an underdog story. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting. Um, I didn't see the remake either. I don't really like to see remakes of great films. films I, like I'm this. with you. Yeah. Um, but I, it would be interesting to know if. The competition, you know, is any different. Is any different. Um, well, if, if Lindley listens to this, she can let me know because I think she liked the uh, the remake. Spile, we'll ask her. Oh, really? But yeah, I'm with oh, okay. you. I, I I don't have any desire to like. I never saw the remake of Karate Kid or Footloose oh, no. or yeah, no, no thanks. No, no, no. I know that's on your list. Yeah, absolutely. Karate well, Kid. <sighs> yes, that was that. I believe it's number two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. But 1976 was a good year for movies. Because you had uh, Network, Taxi Driver, All the President's Men, and then, of course, the greatest underdog story of all time, Rocky. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it was a good year. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And um, it's interesting because during that time, you had to wait until it came on to television. Absolutely. Yeah. If you missed it in the theaters, forget it. Yeah, there's you no know, Then you have either. to wait you know, until it actually comes on the regular channels. Yes. Not cable, the regular channels. The regular, yeah. Did you ever see the sequels to Bad News Bears? Like when they I break think I train? did, but it, I don't think it was as good. The second one, they aren't as good. But the second one's funny or interesting because mm -hmm. they end up playing in the Houston Astrodome. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the characters, some of them were still in it, some weren't. Uh, Amanda wasn't in it, and they replaced Walter Matthau with a different coach. But it's funny to see the old Houston Astrodome. Oh yeah, and everything, and, the, and they get the play there. Oh, that's there. cool. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So. Yeah. So I would say that is my favorite underdog movie. I think that's excellent. Oh, and one last thing about Bad News Bears uh -huh. is um, Tana O'Neill. She had commented commented in 2013 about how she. Um, thinks it's really funny that she has a group of 48-year-old men like Vince Vaughn who have the posters of Bad News Bears. 
Well, it's a movie that didn't go to style. So yeah, if you're a sports fan, that, that's uh, true. That's true. But I'm sure it's weird for her because she was a teenager at the time. So that's you know, exactly yeah. yeah. And who knew back then that she'd you know become really well known for this small role? It's true, and nobody. I mean, I think the the best known person by far was Walter Matthau. Okay, so Samantha and David are back. Thank you for joining me again. Woo! We took a few weeks off, Yay. and you were just ready for this episode to do Underdogs. Just so excited for <laughs> Underdogs. Love them so much. There you go. All right, so we're going to start with David on this one. So what are your list of Underdog movies? Uh, Let's see. I had them in my head, and I forgot them all. Yeah, saying, now you're radio shot. Oh, um... One of my favorites, mm-hmm. it's really kind of goofy, but uh, The Replacements. That's true. With that, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. And Gene Hackman's the coach. Yeah. And John Favreau plays the crazy one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It was a good, <laughs> yeah. Good story of like, yeah, team of losers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the relationship between the coach and Keanu <laughs> gets me every time. What was Keanu's name in that? What was his last name? <sighs> What was it? I know he's a lefty. Yeah, it's just kind Fal- of funny. Falco. Falco. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what his first name was. It was like Steve Falco or something. It's. Oh, what was it? It was something <laughs> Falco. But it's a. It's got a lot of great character actors. Um. So yeah, Favreau. Uh, the the kicker who's the. Oh, um, the like wily British guy. Yeah, he played the lizard in the. Yeah, Riss. Irvans or something like that. Irvans. I I don't know how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Tall skinny guy. But yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Um, it kind of reminds you of. Um, do you ever see the Longest Yard? The, like the original. Yeah. It kind of yeah. reminds you of that, except they're not in prison. But yeah, all the band of misfits. Okay, well. Shane gonna, Falco. Shane Falco. There you go, Shane. <laughs> oh, Keanu. Man, he was the best. So I just saw a Keanu movie from the '80s called the um, The Night Before. It's in the '80s. Yeah, and so he has to take. A girl to the prom, and he's playing a, a dorky guy, um, but he looks exactly the same. <laughs> so I don't know how he's gonna pull off. And he tries, tries to take out Oreo Laughlin. What? So wow. uh, cousin Jesse's wife. <laughs> but it's great. It's it's totally '80s, and uh, it's like just, an '80s nerd movie kind of thing. Yeah, but it ends up having this crazy night where he pa- he basically has to backtrack his whole night because he wakes up and everything. He ends up selling her. She, accidentally sold Oracle Offlin to a pimp and so he's got to get her out of, yeah it's, it's a it's a crazy 80s movie so yeah if you're into Keanu you should see The Night nice. Before The Night Before alright yes. find that one total underdog movie yeah. <laughs> alright so what, besides the replacements the- uh, besides the replacements another cause yeah like I was saying so many of the underdog thing it's like the kind of sport underdog yeah formula uh, another one that I just saw recently was what was it called? Um, Eddie the Eagle. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, with, that was like a British movie, wasn't it? Or like, like yeah, it was like... Playing soccer. No, no, no. It was British Olympic long jumping. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> long jumping? No, long jumping is the one where you run. Ski jumping? Ice or, jumping? One of those where you're on the skis? Yes, yeah. I guess Ski that's... Ski jump? Ski long jump? Long... I don't know. I, <laughs> we should know. We long work on Olympic stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Samantha yeah, we'll do the crime research. Uh, yeah, it's Taron Edgerton, okay. the kid from uh, The Kingsman. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Wolverine is his drunk, like, lovable coach. Yeah. No yeah. way. Uh huh. Ski jumping. Yeah. Ski jumping. Based on a real person. 
<laughs> yeah, they show this picture at the end. He looks real goofy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's like a heartwarming, yeah, underdog. Pretty predictable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's still, it was done really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a cute kind of, yeah, underdog, like, <laughs> oh, lovable loser. Yeah. And, yeah, so. Okay, so we'll go back and forth. So, Samantha, what, what is one of your... Favorite I only have one. Okay. And I don't watch sport films. Well, that's okay. Um, so I thought of the Devil Wars Prada. Okay. <laughs> so you should have been on last week to also do the movie quotes from Devil Wars Prada so yeah. we could combine it. So um, why is this your favorite <laughs> underdog? Well, I just like it and I was thinking about it for some reason mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, hey, that fits because it's one of those stories where someone who, you know, doesn't quite belong or they come in with like a lot of expectations right. and a lot of hard work but they power through yep and she ends up just coming out on top it's true and uh Meryl, Meryl Streep's really good she's not a villain but she's just she's um, yeah she's kind of antagonistic but yeah she's not like a bad guy right yeah but she's powerful enough to where you know you could definitely be intimidated if you're in Hathaway oh, coming yeah. into that and plus the other her co-worker I forget, her name's escaping me right now Emily Blunt Emily Blunt is, is, is tough to deal with too so she's got a lot against her that's oh, a great movie good old Emily Blunt good yeah. movie and yeah there's just some good messages in there because mm-hmm. you know Meryl Streep she's not she isn't a nice person no not, no. she's a horrible person yeah. and then Anne Hathaway figures out like I could be that but I'm not gonna not be gonna that not gonna be yeah so, so she, she got back into journalism and takes the path them. yes that's right <laughs> Also, one of the only uh, times that Adrian Grenier gets to be in a movie besides a point. being an entourage. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. I was like, has he been in anything since that? Like Besides the entourage of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Maybe, like, indies and stuff, maybe. but... Yeah. We'll have to yeah. look it up. He... That poor guy. Yeah. And he, he was a good... He had, was a good person in Double Wars Prada. He was... A, a well, nice... he was... Yeah. Well, I mean... The escalation of what's her face Anne Hathaway becoming like vilified for being good at her job yeah, by all of her true. friends was kind of goofy. Yeah. And like the boyfriend, like you weren't there on my birthday. He, like, oh, he did. Oh, he got yeah. A he got real mopey. Sad dog yeah. face. So you they, for- oh, they did break up for a bit. Sorry. You, no, no, you forgot 1999's Drive Me Crazy with well, that was uh, Mary <laughs> Melissa Joan that Hart. That was pre-Entourage. <laughs> uh, pre Entourage. But I do recall that movie. It's very good. Mm. He was in a movie called Teenage Paparazzo. Oh. Goodbye, a lot of uh, indie movies. Goodbye World, no idea. Harvard Man. Anything in the past, like, five years? He was, <laughs> that's a great point, Samantha. <laughs> um, he was in Marauders, 2016. Was that, know, like, a horror movie? Uh, let's see. It's a crime thriller Ooh. with Christopher Maloney from Law & Order SVU and Dave Bautista who played... Uh, wow, who played Drax. Oh, That's right. Yeah. And isn't he the new kickboxer in the new like straight-to-DVD kickboxer movie? He may be. I think. Dave, uh, Dave Bautista, Bautista. I think he's I think in the new right. kickboxer. It's amazing how he's yeah. taken over for The Rock as the new wrestling. The new muscle guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was Inspector too. Oh yeah, so forgettable. Riddick, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like as far as the underdog formula, mm-hmm. um, it being kind of close to like the loser formula. Yeah. It's basically like every like what we in this podcast would consider yeah. classic comedy, right? Like exactly. all the like classic Adam Sandler's, <laughs> sure. and Chris Farley's, mm-hmm. and all of those where it's like 
the loser has yeah. to become like the hero at the end like Black Sheep, Tommy Boy, yeah. Billy Madison, all of those. Yeah. It was the same formula of a loser, like, proving that he's not really a loser. He's actually yeah. really smart. Yeah. Uh, I think Sandler really follows the the Frank Capra kind of... Um, well, he did do Mr. Deeds, so that, that was a Capra movie. But the um, David vs. Goliath, not to, you know, grab your name. But, um, yeah, like, Happy Gilmore is kind of the... Yeah. Know, he's kind of his own person doesn't really care yeah happy gilmore was one that came to mind when i was like a sport underdog movie yeah. but then i was just like well that's like all of those comedians movies are the same like they are underdog loser mm-hmm. water boy yeah uh, yeah water totally water yeah. boy <laughs> yeah uh, we can even do old school if you wanted to that's what i was thinking yeah. too because that's a group of losers exactly. that have to be <laughs> yeah um yeah. i almost picked an- it's at the end but uh, i picked animal house because that is kind of the yeah. Even though they do their own thing, and yeah, of, yeah, and like Revenge of the Nerds, oh, so, oh and yeah, and all yeah. this, like, yeah, I guess Revenge of the yeah. Nerds is a great one. I mean, that's they yeah. put me. Like, I guess it's kind of yeah, it's like underdog sport formula, but yeah. also comedy formula. Yeah. yeah, a lot of comedies are just like losers, underdogs, mm-hmm. like throwaway whatevers, and they have to somehow overcome. Blah, blah. I wonder how they would do Revenge of the Nerds now because. They are like the cool kids now <laughs> because they, they were into the computers and yeah. they were doing all these really. It'd be um, like 21 Jump Street, it the would remake. Be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jenny Tatum would be the loser. That's right. That was good. They kind of referenced that. Like, yeah. These guys are, yeah. All right. No more? Uh, um, no, I mean, yeah. I was just trying to think like, are there more female led movies about underdogs? It's really a male dream. So, G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane. No, Josephine brought up a great one from the 80s, which is Working Girl. With Melanie Griffith, since you know okay. Sigourney Weaver's kind of the Devil Wears Prada mm-hmm. type thing, yeah. so that was kind of pre Devil Wears Prada. Um, I had one which was Legend of Billie Jean because I'm a child of the '80s. Do you never saw that? Uh-huh. I don't so, know what that Helen is. Helen Slater, who was also oh, Supergirl. Supergirl. Yep. Yeah. She plays kind of a Joan of Arc character, mm-hmm. and so the backstory is she's um, kind of assaulted in inside of a, a grocery store, and she pulls out a or the her brother played by uh, Christian Slater pulls out a gun on the guy that's doing it and accident and shoots him by accident. So huh. she goes on the run and then she becomes like this cult hero because they're following her on TV, like you know racing and people start rooting for her. So yeah, it's a really cheesy eighties oh. movie. Pat Benatar is the theme song, so <laughs> it's it's very good. But yeah, I mean she's definitely the underdog and she's taking care of her brothers and, and everything. So. so I guess that means like every Joan of Arc movie counts as an underdog. Absolutely. So the, the Mila Jovovich Joan of Arc yeah, movie. That's true. Yes, definitely. Um, and again, I mentioned Cinderella. That's kind of the ultimate underdog, you know, trying to. Million Dollar Baby is an underdog. It, yeah, that's oh. a great one. Yeah. yeah. Super sad one, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a good one. Female athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Other, yeah, female-led underdog. Well, you, I mean, you you could go the high school route if you want to do Sixteen Candles and things like that, or um, she's all that. She's all that. You, yeah, oh, kind of. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah, some kind of wonderful is kind of both because it's both the the main character and then the his friend who, who really likes him. Uh, yeah, you can go either way with that one. But. Or I guess can't hardly wait. That's true. <laughs> that, he that, was like the loser in that. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think really every movie kind of follows the we, same formula. Yeah. They, yeah, that's what people like. Yeah, especially in romantic comedies. So. Yeah, so you yeah. can relate yeah. to them and yeah. feel like that can happen to yeah. me too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that person's more of a loser than I. Yeah. 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 
I really relate. It's funny. No matter if you're cool or not cool, you're going to relate to the the underdog for whatever reason. Though you, you're probably not the underdog yeah. most of the time. Well, also because like in movies, the cool kid or like whatever, like the popular person, mm-hmm. usually played as like a jerk asshole anyway. Right. So even if you like did consider yourself to be the cool person, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not like that in real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. you probably are. <laughs> yeah, you probably are an asshole. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Yay. Hey. Okay, this week, Maywin is solo, but that's okay, because he's always super prepared and has, a, am sure, a terrific list of underdog movies. Under what? Underdog movies. Underdog. Wait, okay. So, what's an underdog? <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, usually a lot of people consider it like sports. So, the team that is never supposed to win comes out yeah. of nowhere and they win the championship, or, or they do better than, than expected. Right. Uh, however, that can be applied to any sort of movie. Just someone that is underappreciated, or um, they don't expect a lot of that out of that person, and then magically they, they do much better than expected. Yeah, so I thought I would love underdog films. When <laughs> I started thinking about it, I was like, that, I would totally beat for underdog films, and I couldn't think of very many. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep this super quick. That's okay. Um, okay, so I don't... Not really uh, mentioning any sports ones, but that's fine. So the Goonies leaps out. That's like an ultimate underdog movie. Sure, have the homes taken away, and they're just these kids, and they've got to like save their entire community yeah. and manage to do it, and have one of the best adventures on film. As long as you're under eighteen years old, and then, <laughs> I, I still love it. I still, yeah. I, I still have a soft place for it. I totally. I, I told you this right. Yeah, I was yeah. Totally yeah. determined to become a Goonie. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but it's true. Um, they they were definitely the whole purpose of that was one last mission to find that mysterious buried treasure to save their their house. Yeah. 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 So, yes, that's maybe my the best one I was able to come up with. But then I thought of some others that I do love. Okay. Um, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah. Again, maybe I maybe I just have a soft spot for. Um, kids up against unsurmountable odds mm-hmm. and then just kind of kick the world in the ass. Yeah. Um, and there's one where the payoff is so good and she doesn't necessarily win. She didn't have to win, but she, yeah, yeah. It, she succeeds in her own way. Yeah. yeah. Actually, almost at the end of that movie, I think if she had won, I don't think I would even remember that, that I'd seen it. Exactly. But... Um, no, it was kind of a... <laughs> it's kind of Actually, like... Yeah. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but just thinking about it right now, it's oh, kind it's of giving me the giggles. Did you see it in the theater? <laughs> yeah, I did. In? I saw I... it, I think, like, um, pretty early on in the run. I didn't know anything about it. And the right. only reason that we saw it, it was one of those situations where we had a local theater yeah. that did move, you know, showed movies that um, were a little bit... Just a little bit off of yeah, the main highway for films. Yeah. yeah, and so we wanted to support the theater, and it, we had had success previously that mm-hmm. were seeing movies, and I don't know, I had never even heard of it, had no idea what we were seeing. Yeah. Usually a movie called Little Miss Sunshine, that is not the type of movie That's right. I usually look for. I don't know how we got in there, but we loved it. Um, we I found out actually through Yahoo, because I was working on Yahoo Movies through through editorial and I saw mm-hmm. the trailer cause I was always putting in the new, <laughs> the new oh, movies. Right. I'm like, this looks really good. So let's, yeah. we checked it out and we were rolling in the aisles cause it was totally unexpected that yeah. ending. I, w- I didn't see it coming. So yeah. the entire theater was just, uh, you know, in an uproar over that. Yeah. It was great. 
Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm going to have to cancel the rest of my meetings for today. And just uh, just watch, <laughs> like, maybe even just the end of that. I'm sure you can see the end. Oh, of that. absolutely. So that's so a great precious. one. Yeah. Um, so another one, yeah. again, another kid against insurmountable odds, Billy Elliot, mm. um, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because not only, unfortunately, that has the ending that everybody is expecting. Sure. But, um, you know, British movies have kind of a formula for underdog films, especially around like period pieces around the minors. And then you have like this family or a kid or something yeah. kind of rising above all of that. Sure. And that's exactly what this is. It falls into a whole genre of um, British movies mm-hmm. uh, the last like 20 years. Um, yeah, but that one's great. And even though it is point by point kind of predictable, by the time you get to the end, there are a few kind of um, unsuspected levels yeah. that you can tear which apart, helps. Which helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's not good. nearly as simple as it seems on the sure. surface. Um, so another film that falls into that kind of kind of British category, the industry falling apart under Thatcher's Kinky Boots. Mm. Have you seen? Kinky I have Boots? not. I've always heard about it. I know it's a, it's also on Broadway too, right? Or at least yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, uh, Harvey Firestein and mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper did create a Broadway musical production. For right. It. it was not originally a musical. Right. I know you have a grudge against <laughs> musicals. So. Not a grudge, but they just aren't in my in my uh, yes in my viewing. Yeah. Well, I guarantee the movie is not a musical. Have you seen Billy Elliot? Uh, a long time ago. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if that didn't hurt, then this one. This hurt. one won't hurt. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've only heard good things about it. So I, yeah, this is one I go back and. I've so this it. one is um, uh, family shoe manufacturing um, businesses slowly going out of business. The son inherits it. He doesn't realize it's been going out of business. Mm-hmm. Finds out, and then quickly has to scramble to find a way to get it. Mm. Um, successful again. And he finds out that there is a market, an untapped market for uh, boots, mm-hmm. female-looking boots for men, for mm. drag queen in particular. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so it is really interesting in terms of uh, social history, social justice, mm-hmm. as well as what uh, um, year was this? comedy. I couldn't tell you. Okay. I don't know. Now, so you keep asking years, <laughs> and I have... Uh, more degrees than I'd like to admit in history. I could not tell you the year of anything. That is what <laughs> notes are for. Uh, and for See, movies, that's what IMDb is I for. I remember all that stuff, and I probably shouldn't. So Kinky Boots, <laughs> the movie. I'm thinking, I'm going to guess in the 90s. Okay. Um, mid-90s? That's 2005. Oh. Wow. See, that's okay. why... <laughs> Does it take place modern day? Or no, 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 it's oh, period. It's period piece, yeah, okay. It's like... Uh, I don't even know what I did. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess. I understand. I was already so off by the But no, the, the premise sounds sounds interesting, so I'd like to check it out. Yeah, yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. And then, um, okay, so moving on. Anyway, uh, a movie that has a great underdog, but I don't necessarily like the movie. Okay. I'm waiting for a better version to be produced. The mm-hmm. Hobbit. Ah, Mm-hmm. The underdog of all underdogs. Yes. And he just needs a place in cinematic history that suits him well. Right. That isn't uh, all packed into one movie that is two and a yeah. half, three hours I long. Think yeah. I'm, I think I and probably many other um, literature and cinema snobs like mm-hmm. myself are totally ready for a kids-friendly, romantic, charming version of The Hobbit. Which is surprising that there hasn't been one. Like, yeah, or there, I mean, there's an animated version, right? Okay. You can, I think you'd have to 
double check me. I know there was an animated version of Lord of the Rings, and I th- mm. and that makes me think that there was of The Hobbit as right. well. But there has not been a production of The Hobbit that is stuck in my mind well enough. Yeah. Okay. So if there was, I'm vaguely aware of it. Hollywood or I saw it and didn't like it. Seems to consistently run out of ideas, so yeah. that's probably they'll come around. In the queue. To, yeah, yeah, give them what maybe seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And then they'll come knocking it. So the Hobbit. Uh-huh. Please, 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 somebody out there. <laughs> um, okay, then I only have two more. Okay. Um, this one is totally predictable. Star Wars, again. Absolutely. Maybe the underdog of underdog films. Uh-huh. I have nothing else to say. About no, it's that. It, that, that's, <laughs> obvious is good because I think often you know we we try to outsmart ourselves, but you know my number one was Rocky, and that's the epitome to me of yeah. an underdog, uh, and so many movies were copied after that. And same thing with Star Wars. So yeah, yeah it's totally okay to mention the obvious. Okay, okay. Well, I feel like I haven't done enough research. That's no, why I get to like Star Wars. I'm like, if I have to keep resorting <laughs> to like saying Star Wars, that means I just haven't been. Using my brain. Nah. <laughs> I can't be the only one. Okay, then the last one uh-huh. on my list is The Elephant Man. Not because it's necessarily like the most conventional underdog film, because it's not like he was trying to um, rise, a, a, like win a competition or anything, no. but just to pr- prove his own humanity. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's so successful on that level alone, as well as so many others. Um, and I was recently reminded of this, and I may have already blathered on about this. Stop mm-hmm. me if I did. But I saw The Elephant Man in the theater very recently mm. um, as part of a film and art festival. And I hadn't seen it in the theater since its original release, although I had seen it on TV. And the film had, I hate to admit it, but completely escaped me, having seen it only on television mm. in the last, like... 20 or 30 years, however long it's been since its original release. 1980. Um, okay. That I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it had completely escaped me, the emotional impact of it. Yeah. And seeing it again in the theater um, with people just gagging on sobs, it was a completely different experience. Yeah. And the, the payout of that film was... Yeah, it, I don't was, know how they was, would treat that movie now. Like, would they go for what um, they go for then? I think there's a certain... It's more powerful back then because they weren't afraid to uh, yeah. to really show it how it is. Yeah. There's Although one... It's, yeah. st- it's still powerful. Oh, yeah. Right? No, I agree. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, I take your point. I think the treatment of it would be... Almost softer, I think, now. Profoundly different. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a soft film. At all. Yeah. Um, there's one we were talking about Oscars where it, it was nominated in 1980 and mm-hmm. I think Ordinary People beat Elephant Man Raging Bull and, and another movie that uh, stands, stands the test of time better yeah, than Ordinary the People <laughs> exactly <laughs> that will be we will do, actually we might call that episode that so that will be a good one so on that note this is why I'm going to end the podcast fuck the Oscars <laughs> thanks Malin <laughs> Thank you to everyone who agreed to be interviewed for this episode. The show simply would not be as good without you guys. All right, I had a few more picks, actually a lot more picks, that didn't make my top ten list, but they're all great underdog movies. Uh, One is Animal House. You heard the clip in the beginning. The boys and the frat trying to go against the evil frat, but doing it in a funny way and getting the revenge at the end. Perfect underdog. Bad News Bears, which almost made my top 10. I'm glad Gwen mentioned it because that's a great underdog story. 
Adventures of Robin Hood. Robin Hood in general is the epitome of an underdog story. Dodgeball. It even has underdog in the title because I think it's Dodgeball and Underdog Story. It's it's a silly comedy starring uh, Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, but it's a lot of fun. Footloose, in the town where nobody can dance. Of course, you need Kevin Bacon to come in his underdog way and with his goofy dancing and save the small town. Forrest Gump, I know Malin hates the movie, but it is an underdog story. The guy is always has some sort of roadblock, but he always perseveres in his own way. Uh, Major League, it's the epitome of a baseball underdog story. Horrible team, the Indians, who still can't win, finally get their chance. Here's a good one, Meatballs, which was Bill Murray's very first movie uh, while he was still on Saturday Night Live. The, the underdog camp going against the rival uh, big-time camp, always a lot of fun. My Bodyguard, that was a fun movie. Um, God, I forgot the guy's name that was in it, but the, the guy who played my bodyguard. But the, the villain was Matt Dillon, who kept picking on this little kid, who was the kid was also in Meatballs. He played Rudy. So anyway, um, if you don't know the story, the kid that keeps getting picked on by Matt Dillon hires an older kid or a much bigger kid, and I think he's a little bit older, to basically defend him. So it's a nice underdog movie. Uh, old school, super fun. Uh, underdog in the sense that they're trying to get... Uh, even with the uh, bigger frats and the, I believe, the the president of the school. Pretty in Pink, John Hughes movie. Uh, yeah, I picked, um, let's see, Legend of Billy Jean and uh, movies like that. But yeah, Say Anything, I think, would, would be the best one that was kind of connected. So I had to go with, I had to make Sophie's Choice. But Pretty in Pink, of course, there's two underdogs, both Ducky and Andy. Three more, Valley Girl, guy from the wrong side of the tracks, like Nicolas Cage, meets the Valley Girl. Of course, you know what happens. The Water Boy, I know I can only go with one Adam Sandler movie. I chose Happy Gilmore, but definitely The Water Boy is an underdog. And lastly, Vision Quest, starring Matthew Modine uh, as a wrestler who, um, he, I guess he gets, he's an underdog just because he, he doesn't take himself as seriously as the other guy, but that's a good underdog story. All right, this was a lot of fun to do, but now it's time for the plugs. You got to go to iTunes. We need more reviews. We need more uh, ratings. You can also subscribe on iTunes. So please go there and subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can also go to Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. You can subscribe there as well and always get our content. You can check us out on Facebook. So if you like the page, every time that we post a new show, we always promote it on Facebook so you'll never miss an episode. You can also go to YouTube. Sometimes we don't have all the content due to copyright issues, but you can always go there uh, and catch some of the episodes that don't have a lot of music. All right, until next week, this is Brian signing off. Fuck the Oscars. <laughs>